Hey friends, it's Kara Kay, and this is the Asking for a Friend podcast, a weekly show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are all asking hard questions that affect us as women in the culture that surrounds us, and we are looking for a safe space to ask them. But don't worry, I know you're only asking for a friend. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Asking for a Friend. I'm so excited that you guys are here joining me this week. We are going to be talking about body image today and how we can create a really healthy body image. I know this is a question that so many of us are asking and so many of us are struggling with. And so I invited my dear friend, Brittany Estes, to join us today. Um, She has a great story and is just super encouraging. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. But first, I want to tell you guys, um, I would love if you would go leave a review for the podcast. This really helps people find the show and it just really helps with all of the, the fun stuff on Apple and all the places out there. So if you would go leave a review for the show real quick, and that would be awesome. Let's get into today's interview. Welcome, Brittany. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi. Yes, I'm super pumped to be here. We have known each other what, like, we we tried to do the math recently, and we were apparently not very good at math. 2011, right? Yeah, I think so. So what is this, 2020? <laughs> nine years. So we've known each other wow. about nine years. We met on the internet. Yes. And we went to a conference together, or not really together. We were going to the same conference. <laughs> and it wasn't like, hey, I know you. Let's go to this conference. We ended up at the same conference, but we were flying out of the same place. So we like connected at the airport. Uh, the awkward text of, hey, you're going hey. to the same place. Can we meet up? Yeah. Like, like looking at each other's like headshots because we don't know. I'm like, I right. really know what she looks like. Who am I looking for here? Super awkward. <laughs> but yeah, nine years later, we're still still going strong. Yeah. So thankfully you were very nice. And not <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I didn't get murdered on an airplane nine years ago. So because it could have happened. It could yeah, happen for sure. Okay. Well, uh, tell everybody a little bit about you, your family and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I, um, obviously Brittany Estes, I've been married to my husband, high school sweetheart for almost 15 years. And we, in that, you know, long period of time had seven kids in eight years. So it's been quite the journey. (laughs) We're both in ministry. I work with women and he's a children's pastor. So it's quite the circus. So cool. You guys are so fun because I can't imagine what it's like being married to a children's pastor because I know, right? you have to have like such high energy to do something like that. <laughs> Listen, and you, and you think fun. like I'm high energy, he's high he's energy like too. So we're just kind of like, yeah. Constantly. I know. So what are your yes. Enneagram numbers? Are you a seven? I'm a seven wing eight. Okay. That's so what I'm my like husband fun is too. with so a purpose. Fun. That's yes. right. That's right. So what is Sam? He's a nine. He's a peacemaker, which so is kind of evens me out. Yeah. Interesting. I have a nine wing, so I get that. Oh, he's of... nine wing eight. So okay. our eight kind of can flare up I was going to say, that's yes. probably fun when you like conflict. You're like, nope, listen here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, you guys are fun. I'm so excited to talk to you. So let's get into this conversation. Um, okay. We know a lot of women are really struggling with body image. And as always, I want to provide a safe space for women to talk through issues and really feel the encouragement that they're not alone and just... I really want to encourage women today to love themselves a little bit more. For sure. So I know this has been a big journey for you. Would you share a little of your story with us of 
you know, body image and what that looks like for you after having seven kids? I mean, disclaimer, mm-hmm. you didn't have seven of them out of your body. Um, well, okay. So I think this has been a conversation that I've had for a long time with myself. Like, I don't know that there was ever a point in time where I actually was like, I am good with my body and how right. I feel and how I look. I mean, it's been a recent journey that I've gotten to, but I mean, even back in middle school and high school, that was yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but after we got married, my husband and I, we had five kids really, really, really quickly. And I put on a lot of weight. I, um, you saw my video on YouTube uh-huh. where I talked about how I, I lost 80 pounds and yeah. how that was such a hard journey because I never wanted people to take pictures of me. I never wanted to be out in public and see people. I always thought, okay, at least I have humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to look at how I am. Like I can just be the funny person. But the sad part is I was living in that lie and that hurt, like beating myself up over how I felt about myself when that is not how God saw me or how he wanted me to feel about myself. Like disclaimer, there were points where I needed to be healthier in what I ate and what I did, but it's, it was so much further than that. And it was such a mental thing where I put this yoke on my neck and, you know, that weight was just Mm -hmm. so much that I couldn't, couldn't take anymore. So, I mean, I lost the 80 pounds and I've worked really hard at believing who God says I am and stepping into that and not worrying about the rest kind of thing. So that's awesome. I'll, I'll link to that video in the show notes so you guys can watch it, but I watched this recently and it was, I was in this place where I had, I mean, I, I joke and say that I'm postpartum, but I'm seven years postpartum. Like, come on. It's not like, <laughs> but you know, going through the season of having babies and your body just changing when you get into your thirties and forties, it's like your body changes so much. And so I was, I had gotten into this season the last couple of years and I was on some medication that was making me gain weight. And so it was like, all these things were happening. And I, I went to the doctor, you know, a couple months ago and she was like, Hey, do you know how much you weigh? You know, the nurse just kind of asks. And I was like, Oh, usually about this. And she's like, well, let's just check. And I get on the scale and it's like 20 pounds over what it normally was, which the, where I normally was, was still like 20 pounds more than I wanted to be, you know? And so (laughs) I was like in this place of, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm so unhappy Mm -hmm. with my body. I, which makes me mentally unhappy with myself. And I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. Um, and so it's, I've had to put a lot of work in recently and I was just, my husband and I were just having a conversation. I'm down 16 pounds today, which is awesome in about six weeks of, you know, really working at taking better care of myself. Um, but the problem is like a lot of times that we get stuck in these lies that we believe about ourselves when we're in the midst of it. And we still need to love ourselves when we are right there in the middle of it. You know, it's not just like, okay, I can love myself after, I've lost the weight or I've gotten healthy or I've whatever it is that needs to happen, but we have to really find a way to love ourselves in the midst of it. So what lie do you think a lot of women believe about themselves that causes them to really struggle with this self-image? I really think it roots back to, I am not enough. Yeah. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough. Like that enough, Uh first of all, needs to be enough. But I think that we believe that. And that's that comparison, you know, that we are really good at as women comparing ourselves to other people. Right. Um, and that just hurts us. And we see how we don't measure up when we shouldn't even be trying to measure up with someone else. So I think it's the, I'm not enough. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think there's a lot of things that's like, you know, 
if people see the real side of me, then they're going to be turned off by that. They won't like me if they see, just like you were talking about, like you didn't want people to see, you didn't want pictures of you. You didn't want those kind of things. And I'm like, I get that. Like, I don't want people to see the real side of me because then it's like, oh, they're going to be like, ooh, what's wrong with her? Especially like, because you were talking about how you, um, you struggled with those body images in high school, college Um, Mm -hmm. I was the opposite. When I was in high school and college, I had a lot of confidence and I loved my body and I was confident in that. But it was like having babies really flipped that switch for me because it changed my body completely. And and so I have never loved my body since then. And so that's been a huge struggle for me to because it's constantly even if I'm not comparing to someone else, I find myself comparing to myself 20 years ago that I'm like, I'm never going to like that again. (laughs) That's just not real life. (laughs) So what do you think it is that has women kind of stuck in this cycle of hating themselves and um, really struggling to love where they are? Um, I think the root of it is we forget what God says about us. I mean, I know it's so simple. Um, I was talking to a friend not too long ago. And she was struggling her entire life, feeling like she was too big. She was taller than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. She was bigger than a lot of people. I mean, she was never like, I would look at her and say, Oh, you're overweight or you're whatever. But just that image of herself is what she carried with her. And she got to the point where she would sit in front of the mirror every day and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And Mm -hmm. she would do that constantly over and over and over again until it like actually sunk in sunk in? Is that a word? Sure. Sunk in? We'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, author, tell me. (laughs) I'm terrible Um, with grammar, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um, but I think the root of it is we forget that and we think that's such an elementary verse that's thrown on a piece of paper or stuck up on a wall hanging and we automatically go straight to our brain and what it says is, I'm not as small as this person right. or I'm not as good as this person or I have more wrinkles or mm-hmm. I used to look like this. Yes. And that's so much easier to think about than to check it right back to no, but God's word says this right. about me. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So while we're on that topic, let's talk about how women can really make that shift in their minds. Cause it seems like you know, unfortunately, there's not like this quick fix of, oh, do this Mm-mm. and you're going to love yourself. Um, but I think there are some things that we can do. And a lot of it is just this battle in our mind. Um, so what are some things that other than that, what are some things that you would say are a good way to help women see themselves as loved and as fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, for me, um, because it is a continual battle, mm-hmm. like I still, for the most part, I do love who I am, who God has created me to be, but mine rooted back even from a young child. So it Mm -hmm. did take some counseling that I met with people. Um, exercise is a huge thing for me because I feel like when I exercise, the endorphins kick in and I start feeling better about myself, about life, about all of that. So that means making healthy choices in what I eat, what I do, when I sleep, what I drink. Um, but then also being in God's word. So I read that and it's funny because I'll get thoughts about myself and then I'll have to check it with what God's word says. And I know that's, right. that's silly or it seems simple, but it works because in moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, 
these thighs are a little big. And I have to think, well, these thighs help birth five children. Right. Like that's a feat on its own. Like yes. that is, you get a <laughs> How trophy. You're still you know? like standing up on those thighs is amazing. <laughs> right. And so I have to check it with, this is who God made me to be. There is absolutely no other Brittany Estes in this world who looks just like me. And yes. that is fantastic. So I get to own that because I'm not going to look just like Kara Kay. Yeah. I don't want to look you, just like Kara You Kay don't because... want to look like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but Kara Kay doesn't have pink hair. I rock pink hair. That's like, true. I have to own that and yeah. say, this is who I am. And as I believe those things, I start feeling a whole lot more comfortable in what God says about me. So it's less of a battle and more of, I just ease into it and rest into that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I think another thing that comes to mind for me is to really just appreciate what our bodies can do. Yes. Because I mean, like us, you know, maybe not everybody listening did, but we birth children out of these bodies and I don't give myself enough credit for that. Not that I like, I really did a lot, but the fact <laughs> <You> that did. <laughs> the fact that I carried these children and nourished them, whether it was with donuts or, you know, carrots, whatever, <laughs> but you know, still, we, our bodies can do amazing things. And I think we forget that. And I think we forget to just really appreciate our bodies and thank them. And, um, especially as we get older and we start feeling, you know, different and we have weird aches and pains and we're like, well, what is going on? What is wrong with my body? We have a tendency to beat up ourselves more than For appreciate sure. ourselves. For so, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. What would be something else you think that women can, maybe just a change they can make in their life to love themselves more? Um, I mean, I think like you said, with the gratitude, starting with that, I'm thankful today that I have this day. Mm -hmm. I have breath in my lungs. You know, I have the ability to make change. Yeah. I think when we keep it focused in on ourselves um, and what we are and what we look like and what we do, we miss the whole big picture. So if we switch that focus on the outside, then we say this body can do these things. I can affect change on this level. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it your body and what you look like and all that takes on another meeting because you can, it's a bigger picture, right? You're right. involved in something bigger. Right. So what does that look like as far as social media and just our, our culture where we're just drowning in imagery of perfection? You know, what does that look like um, for you to be able to kind of drown out some of those voices and hear God more through that? Um, I think, um, honestly, it takes maybe muting people who are triggers for you. Yes. If their life is perfect, if their body is perfect or anything like that. And they may not have any issue. It may not be their fault at all. Right, but right. when you see it and all of a sudden you start comparing yourself, that's a toxic thing for you. Yes. And so you need to put a barrier in between. Mm -hmm. I also think it means you should be that honest voice in the world of social media. So other women who may be feeling the same exact way you do, can look at and say, Hey, Brittany doesn't have it together. You know, she right. looks like this or she struggles with this because I think we've all hidden behind the perfect image mantra yes. for so long that all of a sudden we all are beating ourselves up inside because no one is perfect right, and we don't right. measure up to the standard that we're projecting on social media. And we don't manage up to the standard that other people are projecting on social media. So being honest with that, is a huge win. And you'll be yeah. so surprised at the amount of people who are like, oh, yes, I understand. Yeah. Like, I get it. I don't like my nose either. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're raising daughters as am I and, and yeah. boys too, but 
you know, as women, mm-hmm. we really struggle with this. What is something that you do to encourage your girls as they grow and their bodies change to help set them up for success? I tell them that they're beautiful every day, but it's with a caveat. Um, I say, my goodness, look at this. Your eyes are so sparkling or they're so magnificent. So I encourage them, but I say, but what's even more important to me is how pretty your heart is Mm -hmm. or how you treated someone else. Because I want them to know, first of all, on the outside, I think they're gorgeous because they get the struggle is real. Right. But on the second aspect, I want them to know that their heart is way more important. So I want them to see that. And I feel like if they're secure in that, it helps with the second imagery Mm -hmm. of that. So as their body changes, yes, you're almost taller than mommy. Your feet are bigger. You know, your feet aren't huge. They're, you know, they're just the size God made you look. Now you can wear cute shoes or, you know. (laughs) Now we can share shoes. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good because I didn't grow up with sisters. I know you did, but Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up comparing myself against someone in my house. Um, I had an older brother and I mean, I still have an older brother. I haven't (laughs) kicked him out yet, Um, but I, you know, I had an older brother growing up. And so I didn't have this like body image comparison and, but now I have three daughters and so, and their bodies are all so different. Um, and I, I do worry about that. Like, oh gosh, is this going to be a struggle for my daughter? Who's a little bigger and a little taller as she's looking at her sister, that's petite or whatever, you know, is like, is this going to be a struggle for her and how can I encourage her? So that is, that's such an encouragement to always point back to their heart because I think that's such a huge thing is that we need to set the next generation up for success to say, Hey, God made you this way and you're beautiful. And, but even more, you're this, you're exactly how he made you. So I love that. Our beauty is not just about, you know, it's not skin deep and it's a state of mind, not really the state of our body. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's so important to start out with this generation because I feel like there's a gap in the middle you know, you and I are still talking about how we're insecure about our bodies mm-hmm. and we feel these things, but we are so intro focused that we're losing the generation behind us right. who are dealing with so much more than we had to deal with yeah. that they are questioning even more, having more issues with their body, dealing with suicide and, and things like that, that we have got to stop, like get ourselves <laughs> together so we can help these girls yes. who are just now going through it. And yeah. I have the privilege of doing that with my four girls. Yeah. And I want any woman that I come in contact with to know how worthy they are just the way they are. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. So let's steer a little bit and talk about, um, eating disorders because mm-hmm. I think this is something that's not talked about real often. And, I had kind of heard about them growing up, you know, I knew like there was this one girl at my school that had an eating disorder and it was kind of one of those things that's like super hush hush and people don't talk about it Mm -hmm. because it's so bad, but I think it's something that we need to kind of shed some light on, whether it's a woman that's struggling with an eating disorder or maybe raising a child that is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was doing a little bit of research on this because I, because I didn't know very much and, you know, we've all kind of heard of the normal eating disorders, but I was reading about disordered eating. Do you know much about this? No, I don't. Uh Okay. So this is, it's basically like frequent dieting. You know, you might have anxiety that comes with like specific foods or skipping meals, that sort of thing, or you'll have like chronic weight fluctuations. So it's basically like hardcore dieting, losing a bunch of weight and then going up. So where you're just like up and down, up and down to where it's just you have a lot of shame and guilt that come associated with eating and 
I'm like, man, I can relate to that so much because I feel like that's kind of, you know, mine isn't exactly chronic in that way, but you know, we all go through seasons where we're like, oh, okay, I got to work really hard and lose 20 pounds and then I'll feel better about myself. But this is an actual thing that people deal with. It's just this up and down and have a lot of anxiety and struggle that comes with eating. So have you struggled with this before of like struggling with food and, or have you had someone that you've been in contact with that has? Um, I don't, I mean, I've just like you had issues where, you know, I'll do really good about eating well on a diet. And I, right. I feel like maybe the media kind of plays to that. And maybe that's why we have such a big deal because it's the keto or yeah. it's the Atkins or it's the whatever. Something, yeah. And you do this and you cut out that and you lose all this weight. So you feel good about yourself. But the moment that weight starts coming on or you can't hold up to that standard, then you get the anxiety. And I feel like we've set ourselves up for failure. Like this is right. a real thing now because of what we've done. Um, and I, there are times where I've cut things out to try to lose the weight, but right. then I feel the guilt and shame about it coming back on. Yeah. Um, and that's where recently I've had to, like, I love eating whole 30, not because mm-hmm. it's a diet, but because I feel like my body works better, better. on whole 30. Right. right. But I've gotten to the point where I can have chips and queso and be okay with that yeah. because chips and queso are the Lord's food that's and right. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with those calories, but I, I'm not to the point where I beat myself up anymore right, about right. it. Now I do have um, a relative who fluctuates up and down a lot and ride and dies by what she eats and how she eats mm-hmm. and she'll do really well, but then she'll hate herself as soon as she, she backs off. And I didn't realize that that was a thing until you said that now. Yeah. And I'm wondering, You're does like, she have disordered eating? Yeah. yeah. Might have to look into it more. It's, it's been interesting to read about it because it can actually increase like anxiety, depression, um, things like that. And so, wow, you know, just because, and we did an episode recently about chronic pain, chronic health issues that people have. And as I was reading about this, I was like, wow, this sounds like a really intense, like chronic pain type of chronic issue that you don't really hear about is, you know, yeah. people really struggling with eating and how to be healthy in that. And because on one side, it's like, Sure, I can work at loving myself, but when someone has such a heavy and hard um, relationship with food, that really yes. can cause it to be a huge life-changing experience. So how would you yeah. say, you were saying you had a family member that struggled with that. Um, how would you encourage someone that maybe somebody's listening and they're like, well, I've never really struggled with that. I'm pretty healthy. Um, how would you encourage somebody to love someone in their life that maybe really struggles with loving themselves or... Um, has a hard relationship with eating and it causes anxiety and those kinds of things? Um, I think it all starts with encouragement, honestly, because if you were to go in and say, first of all, I think you have an issue or second of all, you're being ridiculous or whatever it may be, they're going to be on the defensive. I mean, I'm weak in areas that you may not be weak in and vice versa. So I can't come to you like I'm the end all be all and know every answer. But what I can do is I can encourage you. I can see where I can help. Maybe it's with eating. Okay, well, what can we do to cook meals together? Let me suggest some things. Let's do, let's try these things. I'll do it with you. Right. So we're working and doing something together or whether it's working out. Okay, let's start by walking together. But if you make them go at it alone, they're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to feel isolated. And I feel like that's probably part of the problem is right. the isolation yeah. that they've put themselves in. Um, but just being a teammate, I mean, clearly the best advice would be to pray about it and ask the Lord to give you wisdom and what to say and do, because I will flub things up 
a thousand times <laughs> over. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm asking the Lord for wisdom, I feel like he'll, he'll give it to me in those instances, right. but just being a support system is probably the best yeah, that's so way good. to start. Right now I was mentioning that I'm kind of in this like health thing. And I think I mentioned it a, a few episodes ago, but I am doing intermittent fasting and I've been doing it for like six weeks or so now, eight weeks, maybe, I don't know. It feels like it's been about 10 years, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. But I'm the same way. Even when I, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to work out, do like a certain like workout program or something like that, I will fail if I don't have somebody doing it with me. So my mm-hmm. husband, he knows this. And so he's like, well, Hey, I could lose some weight. Let me do it with you. And, and so it's just such an encouragement because he doesn't get up in the morning and make this huge breakfast in front of me while I can't eat yet. And, and so <laughs> just to be able to have that support system is so helpful. Listen, but husbands are great, but when they jump on things like this and then they lose double the amount of weight in like two days, I then know. you feel discouraged. It's super <laughs> annoying. And I'm actually really proud because usually that's what happens to us if we like start a new workout program or like diet. He always like just goes above and beyond me and what, I, you know, he exceeds my goals, but I, I've actually lost more weight than him this time. So I'm like, oh, yes, nice. I'm really good. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'll go on a very strict diet. I mean, or whole 30, whatever. Sam will just cut Cokes and lose 30 pounds. I'm oh like, my gosh. How, how did this even like, what happen? Is, what is happening? What? <laughs> oh, that's good. We should not use men as our support system. <laughs> that's true. They're good for some things. They're great support, but that's true. Women, we understand each other. Uh, that's so true. As we kind of wrap up this conversation, if you were Sitting across the table from a woman who's really struggling to love herself, what is the one piece of advice that you would give her? So a a while back, I shared this with some ladies, but I said, imagine the Lord. I said, it's like Christmas, really, honestly, when you were a kid and you went to the store and you found this one present that you wanted to have and you were so excited about it. Like I can still tell you about in fourth grade, this bear that I wanted to have with a velour suit. It was purple. It was a white bear hit it in Walmart because I didn't want anyone else to get that bear. But when Christmas started getting closer and closer and I saw presents fill up underneath the tree, I was like, okay, I think that package Mm -hmm. is it. It might be it. And I was pacing back and forth. This is it. This is going to be it. Well, then Christmas came around and I waited my turn to open up my present and I ripped through the box that I thought was going to be the bear. And the moment I saw it, oh, the tears, I was jumping up and down. I was so (laughs) excited for that bear. And I tell them, that is how God is with you. He sat down. He planned everything out, Karake, from your eyes to your hair color, what you would look like when you were 34 years old, what you would be wearing and how your body would feel because you have had three kids, what that would look like. And he mapped it all out. And then he went through creation and sat and watched and waited like a father in the waiting room, like a kid waiting for their present waiting for that moment to you to come out and be born. And when you were, your first breath took his away. Do you see that that guy who did that, that moment when you were a kid, that's how he feels about you. And when you start believing that, you can't help but lift your head higher and feel excited to live life because you have that present. You are his present. Oh my so, gosh. That's my encouragement. Like, <laughs> mic drop and uh, all the things I'm like starting to tear up here like well apparently I needed to hear that today (laughs) oh that's so good okay so at the end of every show I always like to share resources to help women 
you know, rethink the world around them because that's the whole point of the show. So is there anything that you have been reading or watching or listening to that's helped you rethink the world? Okay. So I've been on a kick these last couple of years and I'm reading through books like nobody's business. The joke is in high school, I hated reading books, but now I read them all the time. So my two favorite books right now, it's No More Holding Back by Kat Armstrong. Yes. I have it on my to be read list. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so good. Look, the tagline, it says emboldening women to move past barriers, see their worth and serve God everywhere. So it talks about women being fearful. They're not enough or they're called to do this or a man should do this or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's such a good book. And then I'm halfway through Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. Oh, I haven't gotten it yet. I highly recommend this book. I mean, it talks about you know, women getting stuck in our thoughts Mm -hmm. and spiraling out from that. And your body image is included in those things. Um, So those are great resources, books that I've read just this year. And it's only been a couple months. Yeah, um, I was the same way. Like, well, I've always been a reader. But when I after I started having kids, it was like, I don't have time to read anymore. And then I discovered audiobooks. And oh, my gosh, I read all the time because I usually have a book that I'm reading that's like, on my nightstand at home, but, and I'll read a couple chapters before bed, but I'm always listening to like two audiobooks at a time. So can I be honest with you? I am not on the audiobook kick only because I like to, and we discussed this mm-hmm. tangibly have my book right. so I can mark it up and I'll write yeah. notes in the columns. I'll dog ear things like I'm going to have to look back at this yeah. later and read devour that in the audiobooks, You can't do that. Yes. So I need to like see it and read it and experience it. Yes. I love that. I do. There are books that have like, that I've listened to that have completely changed me and I will go buy those because I'm like, this has to be on my bookshelf. Oh yeah. Most of the books on my bookshelf are books that I've read. I've like listened to an audio form and then bought (laughs) because I needed to have it on my shelf. So that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I want to share a book that I just finished reading um, so during February, I, because it was black history month, I made a commitment to read only books that were written by black authors or were books about black history. Um, and it was so awesome. And it was funny because when I started the, my husband has done this in the past and I had never, like, I've, I've read lots of books about black history and race and all those kinds of things, but, um, I had never only read those books during the month of February. And I was like, I don't know if there'll be enough books. Oh my gosh. Who was I kidding? (laughs) Like part of me is like, I could go two years and only read books by black authors and about black history. And I would be set forever. But I just read, I know why the caged bird sings by Maya Mm -hmm. Angelou. Have you ever read it? I mean, it was written. No, but I've heard about it many years ago. Yeah. Um, but I just read it. And a lot of the books that I read during February were very eye opening to me. I'm, you know, it's, I think it's so important for us to immerse ourselves in other cultures and other conversations and, and really learn from people's experiences. Um, I read a book by a, a black gay man that grew up in the Catholic church. And it was just like, I read books like that, that were like, I have, I did not grow up Catholic. I have not been, you know, around the Catholic church very much. And so like a lot of those things were, it was, learning about that and what it was like for him to come out as a gay man in in his culture that he grew up in and so finally getting around to reading Maya Angelou's book was really good and um, she's always been somebody that has really helped women you know and changed the world for a lot of people so I loved it and I highly recommend 
you know, oh, I'm going to have to do that next February. Some of those books because they really are good. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing with us and encouraging us. Um, I'm so grateful to be your friend and to get to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, friends, what a fun conversation and episode today. I absolutely loved talking with Brittany. I always love sitting down and chatting with her anytime, but this was so much fun. And I hope you guys are really encouraged. You can go follow Brittany. She is at J Brittany Estes on social media, and she's just so much fun to follow and you'll be so encouraged by her. I also wanted to just let you guys know that we got some really fun conversations coming up over the next couple of months. But if you guys ever have a question, if you have a show that you would like me to tackle something, you can always submit a question. If you go over to my website, karakjames.com slash asking for a friend, you can click to submit a question. Or you can always send me a question on social media, anything like that. If there's something that you would like answered, a question that you're struggling with, you can submit those and I will find the perfect person to have a conversation with. And I would love to do that for you guys. And I want to invite you guys to join me next week as I have a really fun conversation with my friend, Melanie Dale, and we are going to be tackling the question, can my parenting survive the apocalypse? So be sure and join us back here next Thursday for that fun conversation. And as always, keep asking questions for a friend.